Every business is unique. But the ups and downs we experience as we launch and run our businesses are pretty similar. We're Harmon Brothers, the team behind Pooping Unicorns and other weird but successful video ads you've probably seen. We help businesses grow through unforgettable video marketing, and we're no stranger to tricky situations. In fact, we embrace them. The goal of this podcast is to show how your crappy circumstances could be the golden opportunity that leads to your next success. You're listening to Poop to Gold. Welcome back to Poop to Gold. I'm Benton Crane, the CEO of Harmon Brothers and the co-host of this podcast. Today with me, I have Matt Johnson. Matt is the author of Micro Famous and the host of a podcast by the same name. Welcome to the show, Matt. Thanks, Ben. It's good to be here. Tell us a little bit more about Micro Famous and what you're up to. Well, the short story is I'm the least likely entrepreneur that has ever existed. I run an agency and podcaster, author, and kind of got into that world about five years ago, launched my first podcast that was in the real estate space and ended up doing really well. Has a million and a half downloads and got a bunch of accolades and all that stuff. But then that kind of led into, you know, producing and launching podcasts for other people, kind of get, staying in the marketing lane, which is my passion and has been for a little while, and ended up getting into launching podcasts for like business coaches and consultants and some really awesome people. So today I basically run the agency, the operations in about four hours a week. So I'm able to spend the rest of the time how I choose, which is how the book got written and, and kind of, I'm able to choose what, what I spend the rest of my time with, but I ended up building a business that kind of gives me the lifestyle that I want so I can still do things on the side, like play music and stuff like that. Cause that's what I did in a past life, but also gives me that, like that sense of significance. You know, I watched a lot of those business coaches and consultants kind of get into that game because they spent 10 or 15, 20 years building a business that didn't give them a lot of fulfillment. And I didn't want to make that same mistake. So I set out from like the beginning of the agency to help people that I was really passionate and excited about helping because they had amazing content. Mm -hmm. And so now I get to get, like, I have a business that feeds my lifestyle and that's all great. But then I also get the sense of like, you know, significance and fulfillment of helping people put amazing content in the world that is genuinely helping people. So I have a business that delivers all that in one. Awesome. So you engineered lifestyle right into your business from the start. That is a very apt way to put it. Yes, like there's. Um, I think if you if you go to like the 16 personalities test, my my personality type is the architect. So yes, I reverse engineer everything. Um, yeah, if you if you looked at the goals sheet that I laid out when I first moved to San Diego in 2015, I have accomplished all of it. It took me like twice as long as I thought I would, but I got there. I mean, yeah, it was just by reverse engineering backwards from from the results that I wanted. Very very cool. Okay, so this is the Poop to Gold podcast, of course. So we're going to go back in time with you, and we're going we're gonna to go down your Poop to Gold journey. We, we want to find out more about it and what it was like. So take me to a point in your history where things got dark and things got really hard, maybe a little bit raw, maybe one of those points where you don't really want to go back to, but take us there. Hmm. Okay. So my life has a lot of a lot of poop in it. I would say about fifteen years of, of or fifteen or twenty years of a, of a lot of poop before I found kind of my place in the world and and got my act together. You know, one of the low points. I'll, I'll give you I'll give you a low point I've never shared on any any other podcast ever. Good. Uh, Those are the ones we like. All right. So this is before, the years before I started the business. I I had basically quit my management job, and I took a giant paper route. As an adult in my late twenties, okay. like literally delivering newspapers, literally delivering papers. I delivered like 800 to papers homes. on a Sunday to homes. Yes. I took over, I took over okay. a giant route. 
And I did it because I was a musician and I wanted to chase the dream. This is in my, I was like 27. And I decided, look, if I, if I don't do this now, I'll never do it. I've got to chase it. So I played drums since I was two. Like I don't, there's I literally don't remember not being a musician. It was always a big part of my identity, but I was kind of like, I thought I would do other things first. You know, I was, I was homeschooled. I was a pastor's kid. I thought I'd be probably starting or pastoring churches or somehow be in ministry. And then music would be like a part of that. Well, I didn't end up doing that. So music was kind of in the background, was always in the back of my head. You know, I started this real estate team. I got out of that. You know, my impeccable timing of starting a real estate team in 07 you know, was, was fantastic. <laughs> so, so anyway, so a year later, I'm like, man, I really want to give music a shot, but I need time. So I, I, had, um, I, I started throwing newspapers because it worked, you know, like you work an hour and a half a day on the weekdays. Mm-hmm. And I literally got fired from that job. I'm oh, like, no. what the hell am I going to do? I literally lost a job throwing newspapers. It's the only time I've ever been fired in my life. Did you hit an old lady with a newspaper or what happened? <laughs> it rained. It rained on my newspapers and it was, it was something like oh, that. No. So, so I'm like, okay, I, I know I, like I, I knew I wanted to move. It was the catalyst that led to me moving to Denver, which is the first time I'd really moved away from the Midwest. And I started a band, released an album that I'm really proud of and stuff like that. And if I hadn't done that years later, when I had the chance to move to San Diego, I probably wouldn't have done it. And that move to San Diego is what really kicked off. Like all the good things that I have in my life came about as that, but tracing it back further, if I wouldn't have been fired from that job, if I wouldn't have, that was the catalyst that moved me out of the Midwest away from my family and all that, that was kind of the comfort zone. If I hadn't done that, I wouldn't have taken the chance on the you know, working for my old agency that brought me out to working for the CEO of that agency and introduced me to all of the relationships that I have now that got me into what I'm doing. So none of that would have happened. So you want to talk about like turning poop into gold like that, that was the lowest moment of my life was getting fired from the most ridiculous job an adult can possibly have. And okay, let's, 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 let's hang on to that for just a second. What, what are the emotions that are going through your head when you get canned from a paper route? (laughs) <laughs> well, first of all, it's like, how do you even tell somebody about that? I like, I, 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 I was like, I didn't even know what to say. It was, it was incredibly frustrating because it was, it literally was giving me the time and the space to write some of the best music I'd ever written. So I, I was able to practice and, and write songs for five, six hours a day. So I was like, man, like, how am I going to keep chasing the dream? As far as the emotions, frustration, I would probably shame, embarrassment, like all those things. I think that's probably one of the worst things, like as an entrepreneur that you can experience, like frustration is one thing. Anger is one thing, you know, having clients cancel, losing half your business, all that stuff. Like we've all been through that roller coaster ride of entrepreneurialism, but the shame and the embarrassment of that moment was worse than anything I've experienced in owning a business. That's probably the toughest part. So almost like looking in the mirror is the worst part of it with how you're seeing yourself. Yes. Like, how can I be this age and be this far behind the curve? You know, because it's you know, taking a big chance, like in your late 20s to go after a music career. And in retrospect, maybe not the best thing to do, but I felt like I had to do it. And then, yeah, to have that basically ripped out from under you when you thought you had like the perfect situation to keep chasing the dream. Yeah, mm-hmm. just, it, it gives you that feeling of, you know, one step forward, two steps back. Yeah. And you really start to question your identity. Like, am I meant to be this person that I see in my mind's eye? And it starts to really mess with your, your sense of self and your sense of identity. And that's yep. when it's really dangerous. Like it starts to make you question 
am I destined to be, am I destined to like fulfill my potential or is my destiny somehow to be that guy that never reaches his potential? And that's, that's my, like that just hits right at your greatest fear, you know, as, as a human being. Yeah. That's scary. That cuts deep. So in hindsight, it's easy to look back and, and say, you know, if it were not for that experience, I wouldn't be where I'm at today. And so it's easy for us to look back and appreciate that we went through it and, and see it through that lens. But in that moment, when you're, you're doubting yourself, you're feeling the shame, what decision did you make in that moment that turned the tide? It's a good question. I think it was the fact that as much of a, of a failure as it was, it also released me from the obligation to stay in the Midwest. And so, yes, I had all the shame and the frustration, the embarrassment, all that stuff on one side. But on the other side of the ledger was, oh, wait, there's nothing holding me here anymore. So what can I do with that? It's like, well, I've been it's thinking liberating. about moving away. Yeah. So there was a sense of liberation. As, as a friend of mine would put it, like anytime you have like a massive failure in your life, you're going to have that huge spike of emotions. And at the peak of that emotion is not the time to like analyze the failure, like give the emotions mm -hmm. a chance to peak and come down. And on the way down, then you can start to look back and you analyze the failure. And I didn't know any of that stuff at the time, but that's basically what I did accidentally. And so, yeah, I let the emotions crest. I let the emotions start to fade and then start to look around and go, okay, good, great. Like that's done. I can't change that decision. I'm not going to go backwards. So what, what can I do to move forward? And that, that's what caused me to go, you know, I've been, I've been thinking about moving, but I've been putting it off maybe now is the time to move. And so I started immediately looking in that direction and I'm like, yep, this is, let, let's do it. Let's move out. So what's funny is so that like that move led me to working as a marketing assistant for a piano studio, which led me to get back into marketing and work for an agency. Like it all came full circle. I didn't know that it would, I had no intention that it was all going to come full circle. I was just going to keep chasing the dream as a musician, but yeah, it was, um, it was really that decision to go, like, I can't, I can't go backwards. So what can I do to keep pressing forwards? And then you just start looking at your options and realize, okay, there is hope. There is something here. And may, and you start to get like a new vision of like, once you grieve over how your life was, then you can kind of move on and go, okay, well, I got to stop grieving. Now can I set a new vision of what my life can look like? And will it be better than the last thing? And once you realize, once it dawns on you that, wait a minute, this could be an upgrade my life could end up actually being better as a result of this than worse. Well, then, then you start to pull yourself out of all the shame and embarrassment and frustration and you go, you start laying plans and you start to see that vision of what your life could be. And that, that helps a lot. Awesome. Thank you for taking us there. Th thanks for sharing that. Okay. Let's shift gears a little bit. I want you to talk to me a bit about, um, an area that, that you've become somewhat of an expert in, and that is being an introvert marketer. You know, you've got the you've got the extreme extroverts of the world. You know, your Gary V's of the world out there shouting from the rooftops. And sometimes there's this stigma of like, oh, that's what that's what we're all supposed to do. That's what we're all supposed to be. But you've kind of you've kind of bucked that trend a little bit. Talk to me about that. Well, like just kind of being in the world of podcasting. So I got started in like live Google Hangouts back in the day, 2015, and it was really interesting because I was working with people that even some of them were extroverts in real life, but they weren't like extroverts on social media, but we're all following Gary V. Cause that, that seems to be, uh, where, 
where so where marketing has gone like we have bought into this what i think of as a lie which is that social media equals marketing so here, here's a crazy thing like if you do uh, if you do the youtube research gary v gets half a million searches uh, i think it's a month if i remember right digital marketing itself as an entire genre only gets eight hundred thousand searches so think about that <laughs> gary v gets 70 percent of the search traffic of the of the digital marketing space it's insane just how dominant he is in that space and so there's no denying that what he does works but like when i was working with people especially like business coaches and consultants like a lot of them were running multi multi-million dollar companies and then they were also building a coaching or consulting business on the side they did not have time to do the gary v approach so we had to find something else just out of necessity and and I was uh, you know ended up being a partner in like four different businesses so I was helping these different people figure out what can they do to grow their business without doing the Gary V approach and we came across you know a combination of launching their own podcast getting them interviewed on podcasts and then pulling chunks from those episodes putting that on social media instead of having them be on social media all the time and then doing all this behind the scenes relationship building stuff like all the things that ended up being the micro famous system it was all just born out of the fact that I was working with clients that literally could not do the Gary V approach. They just could not do it. They didn't have the time to do it. And by like, why would you pull someone away from thousand dollar an hour activities and tell them to post a selfie on Instagram? Like that's insanity. And, and of course me being an introvert, I didn't like any of that stuff anyway. Like that sounds exhausting. Posting a bunch of selfies and being on, on all the, all the social media platforms and TikTok and the dances and like all the stuff that we're encouraged to do is just, it sounds exhausting because introverts don't get any energy from being social. Like that is, an ex it's an expansion of energy, right? We, we recharge alone. Then when we're with people, that, that draws our energy down. So the con this constant drumbeat that's aimed at introverts of you got to be more social, post more content, more often in more places, um, it works, but it doesn't work for us. And I was just very fortunate that I, I kind of just had to, I got pulled into this other path and essentially stumbled on this whole other ecosystem of like podcasting and relationships. There's a whole completely different way to reach people online. And I think it actually ends up working a lot better, but specifically for introverts, it's like, it's a breath of fresh air to get into that environment and, and release yourself from the pressure that everybody else feels to be on social media for hours a day. Oh man, I could not agree more. It was so fascinating for me that you know, when we launched this podcast, I never imagined how refreshing I would find it, but I hate small talk. Like to go to a networking event and sit there and like small talk with people and shoot the breeze, like drives me crazy and it just saps my energy. But to get on a, to get on a call one-on-one, -on -one, you know, with someone like yourself and within two minutes of talking to them, I'm like, okay, take me to that really vulnerable moment. And, you know, and we go deep and, and that I find so, so energizing and refreshing to get real conversations with real people and you get below all that surface level crap. And, and so I'm just like, yeah, what you're saying is music to my ears. I'm like, I don't want to be on Instagram. I don't want to be on TikTok, but I do want to get to know people in a real way. Yeah, exactly. And, and we were talking a little about, about this before we hit record, but there's there's a little bit of a backlash, you know, there's a little bit of an anti-hustle movement going on right now. But the question is like, you got to give people hope. Like it's not about, it's not the fact that hustle doesn't work. Cause of course hustle does work hard. Like if you outwork everyone else, obviously that will work to an extent. Um, so the question is, if you're not going to do that, if you're not going to do the Gary V hustle all the time approach, uh, what are you going to do? And in a world where, 
you know, like I, like you guys do a lot with social media and, and videos and storytelling on social media. And the problem with social media right now is that social media is pushing everyone into two things, real-time content creation and real-time engagement. And the problem is if you're an entrepreneur, whether you're the people that I was working with that didn't have the time or you're just an introvert that doesn't have the energy, either way, you're in the same boat, which is that you don't have... You, you can't do what the social media companies want you and are rewarding you to do. So the idea that you're just going to create a bunch of content for social media and build an audience and the social media companies are going to do you a favor and put you in front of thousands of people for free, like that was true five years ago when Grant Cardone wrote 10X and he was mm-hmm. posting on Twitter 70 times a day or whatever it is he talks about in that book. Like that worked then. It doesn't work now. Why? Because they've decided they're not going to let that work anymore. They want real-time yep. content, real-time engagement. So... Like in a world of that, like where that's the social media environment we live in, it just, it basically put introverts in a position where you either have to be an extrovert and pretend and just white knuckle it and hold on for dear life and and be as visible and as engaged as they want you to, or you got to find something else to do. And if you're going to, if you're going to kind of not take that hustle approach and you're not going to do what the social media companies are pushing us all to do, then it's like, what do you do instead? Well, that's where like micro famous and kind of what we do for our clients comes into play. Cause you have to have something that works. That's an alternative. Um, and the good thing is that there's this whole other ecosystem out there in, in podcast land where you can get involved in that. And as an introvert, it works really well. You know, like you and I have the same types of preferences and strengths. We want to have deep conversations. I would much rather do that than create a piece of content for Instagram. And in the world of podcasting, that works. And you're rewarded for that approach. Social media doesn't, it just doesn't reward that anymore, which is really unfortunate. That's right. Where can our listeners get a copy of the book, Microfamous? Amazon's the easiest place. They can go to getmicrofamous.com and get a free digital copy. But if you're if you're like me and you want that that physical print version in your hands, just go check it out on Amazon. Awesome. And where can our listeners stay in touch with you? Best place is Get Microfamous because it's got the links to the the free book, my podcast, all that stuff is there. And then you can also find me on Facebook and Get Microfamous. Any final tips for our for our listeners? So our, our listeners are mostly yes. entrepreneurs. Why don't we go ahead and focus on the, the introverts out there? What, what would be the one tip that you have for the introvert entrepreneurs out there? So I think marketing, because we live in this world, gets so focused on content that we forget about the relationship side of things. And, and I like to look at marketing through relationships as one of the best things I ever learned from some of the mentors I've paid attention to. So one of the most powerful things you can do after any conversation, and I'll do this to you, Benton, after we hit stop record, is to ask them... What's, what's one person that I could introduce you to today that would make a huge difference in your business? Who can I keep an eye out for you? And people are so caught off guard typically by that question. And most entrepreneurs are so caught up in growing their own business that they never think about other people and their business and their problems. They're just asking that gets a, a, a completely different response than you're used to. And then if they, if they give you somebody and you can actually follow through and you can actually introduce them to someone influential in your space, all the better. Like all the good feelings that come from that connection and the conversations they have with that person all gets reflected back onto you. Uh, I mean, the bottom line for my business and, and just for the relationships that I build, the more people I introduce to each other, the more good things happen to me. So mm-hmm. I always make it a point to ask. And, and I, I, I sit down every week and review my board of relationships on Trello and actually look for ways to connect people in my world to each other to add value to their lives. So there's one thing you can do is ask that question of somebody today and then make an active effort to actually follow through and introduce people to each other. That's awesome. I love it. 
Matt, thank you for uh, coming on the show. Thank you for sharing your experience and your, and your wisdom with our listeners. For our listeners, make sure to like, share, and subscribe. And otherwise, we'll see you on the next one. At Harmon Brothers, we're known for what we call our hero campaigns. These are big nationwide campaigns for brands like Squatty Potty, Poopery, Purple Mattresses, Lumi Deodorant, and many others. What makes these campaigns special is that they've helped scale those businesses by tens of millions of dollars each. Now, companies reach out to us on a regular basis wanting a hero campaign. They want that type of growth, they want that type of branding, and they want that type of awareness. But the simple reality is, most businesses and entrepreneurs aren't yet quite ready for that level of growth. So we've built what we call a hero incubator that is designed to help entrepreneurs and companies prepare for a hero campaign and to be ready for the type of growth that they're looking for. The hero incubator starts with a marketing audit. We offer these marketing audits for free and you can apply for one at harmanbrothers.com forward slash audit.